You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to those people who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in in these ancestral lines to us as this great legacy that we have to draw on. May we reach into that legacy and learn from those who have gone before us. May these ancestral helping spirits lean in and help us to see the challenges of our time in a way that allows us to innovate and change what must be changed and a way that allows us to dig in and stay grounded in those things that are right and true. And for all of this ancestral help that we have in so many, many uh, different branches of this great, huge human family, I give enormous gratitude. And let us reach humbly as humans through all of that humanity to those energies that have been here long before there was ever a human and will be here long after. Let us reach out to those energies who are here sharing life with us on earth and ask these even more ancient ancestors to help us to remember our own true nature, that we might resonate deeply with the blessing that we bring to this great web of life and that we might live in a way that makes that blessing sing in that web. And for all of the help that we have from our helping spirits and our ancestors in these many forms, we're deeply grateful. And as they gather around us here today, let us gather ourselves, drawing our awareness from wherever it might be, into our head, from our head to our heart, and our heart down to our belly. And from our belly, let us reach the earth and take a moment to give thanks for the wonder and the blessing of this day, for life itself for the great diversity and beauty in life around us, and for the compassion and the generosity in the earth's dreaming that allows us to change anything as long as we are still breathing. And for this enormous gratitude for life, for the miracle of life, for the wonder of life, all of this, let our heart begin to pour with gratitude moving out into all of the layers of the earth. And as our energy focuses to move down through the layers of the earth to the center, Let the love pour out from our hearts, infusing every layer as we go with our deep, deep gratitude for life itself. And as our energy finally reaches the very center of the earth, let let us anchor ourselves firmly there and connect into that energy at the very center that draws its power from darkness and stillness, from silence, from peace. And as we connect into this energy that is before abundance, let us draw it up through all the layers of the earth, drawing it into our body, into our day, into these proceedings. And in this way, we call up the energy of the earth, that which replenishes and restores, nourishes. We call this energy up that the abundance might blossom in our life. 
we call it into our body and we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand manifestation. How do we be here in form in a good way? And as we reach our energy down deeply into the earth and ground ourselves, let us come to understand who we are, where we stand and what we stand for. Let us reach deeply into that groundedness and into the deep center of our heart to understand what has heart and meaning, what has purpose in our life, and to build our sense of home, our sense of family, our sense of belonging, and that sense of hearth at the very center of it. Let us build those energies on what truly has heart and meaning in our life, not just repeating what's been done before, but only repeating it if it has meaning. If it has a deep truth that resonates along our truth cord. And as we create that sense of home, that sense of hearth, let us open our door to those who are other than we are and open our table to those who would challenge us with ideas that are not things we're used to thinking. Let us invite the other into our life, literally, as we invite the other to become conscious within ourselves. May we come into right relationship with all aspects of ourself, right relationship with the environment around us, right relationship with other living things, and right relationship with the invisible world. And as we come to understand connection and interconnection, interdependence, and all the energy exchange that moves through things in our life, may we be part of that flow and not an obstruction. And may we open to see ourselves as a piece of this great web of life. And may we take our sense of right relationship from that knowing. And let us draw the energy of the earth up, up from our bellies to our heart and our heart to our mind and begin to rise up and out the top of our head into the sky. And whatever weather it holds for you, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And as you reach to that energy by whatever name you know it, by ever, whatever way you conceive it, conceive of it, reach to this energy to feel yourself in it and it in you and draw this energy down. Drawing these radiant divine energies from above down into your being, into your day, into these proceedings. And in this way, we call in the energy of blessing. We call in the energy of protection. We move these energies to feel devotion and commitment and open to the benevolence of our universe. We call in the inspiration and the illumination and the ability to find our way in our own darkness when we are lost. We call these energies in to feel the beneficence of this universe and we let it resonate within us, move down through us from our head to our heart and our heart to our belly and down to the center of the earth. And let us open this center channel within our being, connecting heaven and earth, connecting these two great legendary lovers and allowing the big love that connects them to resonate in our heart, to awaken the spirit of our own heart. And may the spirit of the heart awaken that crucible of transformation that exists in the heart that allows us to engage deeply with our passions that resonate that uh, move for why it is that we are here and we draw that energy up into the heart and we draw down the clarity that comes through the mind and we bring those energies together in the crucible of transformation that exists in the heart and let this dynamic tension between these two energies of very, very different quality, we let that dynamic tension give birth to this third and most sacred thing, which is a deeper understanding of why it is that we are here. 
some inkling, some memory, some sense of our unique genius. And may we find the courage in that very same heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring that genius into manifestation in the world. And for all the helping spirits that gather around us that help us to bring our gifts, we give great thanks. May what needs to be said be said and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I would like to thank Matthew and Gray, Adrian, Deborah, Danielle, Carrie, Craig, and Bill and Deb. I'd like to give thanks for you all for donating financially to Why Shamanism Now. For those of you that may be listening for the first time, Why Shamanism Now is listener supported and it's only because of the support of listeners like you that the show has continued now moving on into its ninth year. And all of the shows from once a week... All year for eight years are available in the show archives at whyshamanismnow.com, on iTunes, and at co-creatornetwork.com. And these uh, shows are available for free for anyone who can access the internet to get a hold of them. And this um, happens because of people like you. So if this show is meaningful to you in any way, if it moves you in the heart, even if it moves you to frustration and irritation, you have been moved. And I ask you to do that most fundamental of shamanic actions to allow what moves you in the heart to move you into action in the world and to do something large or small to help the show to grow. And if you're not able to donate financially, please feel free to be creative and find some other way to support the show in its growth and um, manifestation in our lives so that we can all become better able to find a practical application for shamanic skills in our everyday contemporary life. So for those of you that want to donate, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com, scroll down, donate, um, click on the donate button and donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And if you're uncomfortable donating in that way, please feel free to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. I'd be happy to give you a regular address for a regular old-fashioned check. Um, it all goes to the same place and it's all doing good work. In the world. So thank you everyone. We are not live today, but if you have questions about today's show, you are welcome to email me at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So our topic today, um, as you can see in the beginning of um, 2017, I'm going back to some basics, maybe covering them a little bit differently than we have before. But I'd like the topic today is about messy initiations and transformation confusion. Um, so, one of the great challenges and ongoing questions in contemporary shamanic practice is what is initiation? Or more accurately, am I initiated yet? Um, it's messy. Because for hundreds of years of colonization and genocide across the globe have deeply damaged, if not destroyed, many traditional shamanic cultures. They have at least been changed. Even the Bon, for example, the Bon shaman is, uh, shamans um, and Bon shamanism itself, which has existed and initiated itself for centuries without any Buddhists, now in turn turns exclusively to Buddhist monks for initiation. So, even Buddhism has affected the shamanism of its regions. So, the current dominant religions and governments have changed how traditional practices work and don't work. And at the same time, the invisible world could care less. 
the invisible world doesn't care about governments, it doesn't care about religions, it doesn't care about traditions necessarily, because there has always been the spontaneous reach from the spirit world into the pool of humanity to find that pure heart and draw it into shamanic practice, particularly into shamanic healing. So in spite of all of the history of religion, the history of governments, the history of genocide and colonization, and this I, in, uh, in spite of traditions that are living and traditions that have long died, the bottom line remains that the spirit world continues to reach across the gap and grab human beings by the scruff of their necks and endeavor to the best of its ability to initiate them. So, the tricky thing for us as contemporary people is that without the traditional teachings, without the cosmologies, without having grown up in a culture that has a shamanic cosmology and a way of understanding a relationship with the invisible world, the experience of being touched by spirit and drawn into initiation is extremely confusing and very, very easily misinterpreted if it is seen through the lens of a typical Western thinker, for example, without the culture that would shape your mind with the stories and prepare you from birth to be able to have a healthy engagement with the invisible energies, without the stories that teach you who your helping spirits are, who your ancestral helping spirits are, without a culture that lets you know that engaging with your helping spirits is expected of you as an adult. Without all of that ability to understand and preparing your mind to receive this connection with the invisible world, it's very confusing and terrifying for many. So, with the strength of pharmaceuticals available to most people in the Western world or around the globe, it is very, very hard as those pharmaceuticals change our chemistry they begin to change our experience of our experience. And so an experience that is already confusing and we need, can only interpret through our, uh, the physicality of our body becomes even uh, the understanding of it slips even further from our grasp. And with the beliefs that we hold about reality and about our independence – um, that arise in us out of the great lie of separation that we have been taught by most of the world religions, we are confused. When the spirit world reaches into our life and starts to give us experiences that aren't defined well by the great lie of separation, with the way that training is offered in the Western world outside of tradition, it assumes the healing forms. You learn to journey, and then you learn to do shamanic healing without ever putting the skills of your shamanic practice into place first that would hold the container of those healing forms well. The whole situation around initiation into shamanism is exceptionally messy. And yet the invisible world keeps reaching in to the pool of humanity and dragging people into that place where people are taught to be shamans. And we keep reaching from our 
place here as contemporary people in ordinary reality. We keep reaching across the void to try to understand our feeling, our deep knowing that more should be going on here, that there has got to be more to life, that there's something else that needs to be happening that our culture isn't offering us. And for many of us, our culture is actually defining as mental illness. Yet we know there has to be more. And so we reach across the void to touch spirit. And many, many powerful life transformations ensue. There's beautiful beautiful processes held well by many teachers that help us as contemporary humans enrich and enliven the life that we've been told we're supposed to live by a true and authentic relationship with spirit. And these transformations change our life, but are we initiated? It's very, very confusing, very confusing for people. So, just so you know, if you're listening for the first time, there's a whole series on initiation in the archives. There's a beginning show, and then I interviewed four very different shamanic practitioners who had extremely different um, initiatory experiences. And then there's a show at the end kind of recapping that. Um, And there are any number of other shows uh, not in the series, but throughout the many years in the archives with my efforts to communicate about initiation as a function, that, that, that initiation does something, okay? It's, it's not um, – transformation does something as well, but initiation is a very particular kind of transformation. So every initiation is a transformation. Not every transformation is an initiation, I guess, would be a simple way to say it. Okay. So, during the modern shaman summit, very um, unexpected, um, the interview questions had already been sort of vetted, um, but nonetheless, the, um, Lorna Liana, in her interview of me for the summit, ended up being interested in asking other questions, and so off we went in this other direction, and before I knew it, we were talking some about my own spontaneous initiatory experience. Um, it, it, although it happened in a very contemporary setting in Manhattan, um, it's still, uh, I understand now looking back on it, it's still moved through very classic, um, phases. And so I was referring to my initiation very generally because it pretty much fits the bill and didn't, wasn't necessarily making a point to talk about it. Nonetheless, we did talk about it to some degree. Um, and I got a lot of emails from people saying, oh, your experience is just like mine. And couldn't you please do a radio show about your initiatory experience? Tell us the whole story. And you know what? It isn't going to happen. I have told the whole story in particular situations because at that time, spirit has said yes, answer the question honestly and fully. For example, one of those times was in a talk that was recorded actually with the um, American Holistic Medical Association. I was in a room full of psychiatrists and psychologists and um, doing a presentation which got completely derailed by questions about my initiation. And for that group of people, 
people who would be treating many, many, many hundreds of other people and needing to understand the difference between someone who is having an initiatory crisis and someone who's not. Not every crazy moment is an initiation necessarily. And so from Spirit's perspective, there is great value for me actually answering these questions honestly and fully in that particular audience. For me personally, it was horribly nerve-wracking to realize that everything I was saying in the minds of every single person in the room defined me categorically as being mentally ill. But anyway, we all survived. My point is, the story is extremely personal. And because I am not in a tradition where many of my peers experience a similar story like um, – an Australian Aboriginal man who finds himself in a cave that suddenly takes on this extra dimension, a familiar cave, a real cave, an ordinary reality cave that takes on an extra dimension. And the next thing he knows, he's been cooked in a pot by helping spirits and he's cooked and entirely dismantled and all of his bones, all the meat is taken off his bones. His bones are all spread out and some bones are added, some bones are removed, some crystals are added, and the young man is eventually reassembled by spirit with an understanding of this special, you know, shamanic superpowers that are embodied in each of these extra elements that were put in his body, usually crystals or things of that nature. And then he's put back together by his helping spirits from his dismemberment and sent back out into ordinary reality the next day. Now, a young man in that tradition who is experiencing a traditional initiation is going to have some uniqueness in that because they're a unique person with unique gifts. But generally speaking, it's going to follow that traditional process. And he can talk about it with his buddies who've experienced a similar process and there's kind of a norm there. But my initiation happened spontaneously. It happened outside of a traditional norm. Thus, it's very personal. It is one of the most intimate experiences of my life. And while I talk about parts of it often to illuminate my understanding of things and why my understanding comes from that experience – it's not something I'm just going to sit here and chat with people about on a podcast. It's going to be listened to whoever around the globe um, so that you can say, oh, I had the same experience too. This experience changed my life, course corrected my life, and put me on a course of particular action. And so what's interesting about these emails of people saying, tell us the whole story, it's just like my story, is sometimes it is very similar to their story because their email says, you know, blah, 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 and I am now doing, and then some explanation, uh, simple usually, but explanation of how they got re-course corrected and that they got directed into doing their right work. And how they are working with the spirits that came through that initiation to do that work in the world. And so they're right. For them, that story is very similar to my own. And it follows this sort of classic pattern of initiation. Now, there's more than one classic pattern of initiation in shamanism. Um, and I'm not going to drag out the encyclopedia of shamanism right now and explain them all to you. But this particular one, this idea of spontaneous 
initiation because for many of us in the contemporary world, we're not having an initiation that's occurring within a tradition. It's spontaneous. It is the spirit world continuing to reach across the divide and grab us by the scruff of the neck and shake us hard enough to see if they can, you know, get a rattle a shaman out of us. Okay, so lovely people who did the Modern Shaman Summit who want to have that radio show, it isn't going to happen. But at the same time, I do want to talk about the messiness of this kind of initiation that happens outside of a context of a cosmology, outside of a tradition, and frankly, outside of a culture that has any idea to do, to know what to do with you, either while the initiation is happening, but after. Um, because, But back to the emails. So the other thing about these emails where your experience was just like mine, and sometimes it was, but the other path these emails go into is how they are now lost or they've lost the connection to spirit or one thing or another. And what's really important to understand from an initiatory perspective is the stories are not the same because initiation is a function if it transformed you into the person who can live your calling and work with spirit to guide you in figuring out what that calling is and how to do it, then it's an initiation. Otherwise, it's just a transformation. And not the transformation is a just thing. I mean, it, 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 it's a big deal. But it is not an initiation. And in that case, no, your story is not just like mine. Just because you had a three-day break with reality and the spirits came through in that break and started talking to you about things, that could simply be you waking up. Now, for me, I'd already had transformational experiences prior to that. I'd had um, really high spiritual events. I had had other transformations and I had great depressions as well. And so my shamanic initiation was, yes, a transformation, but an initiation in addition to that. And so if it does not leave you in relationship with your initiatory helping spirit, if it does not help you course correct and then guide you in how to do what it is you're supposed to do through your relationship with your helping spirit, it's it's not an initiation. That's the function of initiation is it forges your relationship with your initiatory helping spirit so that you course correct your life and begin to learn how to do what it is that you're meant to be doing as a practitioner. And in the doing of that, you experience great protection. You experience great guidance and protection. And if you think you know what's going on and you step away from it, you think you have a better idea, the protection falls away and often the shit hits the fan. So every single time that I stepped away to go to school, because I, I struggled in the beginning uh, 20 years to actually support myself financially in the world by doing this work. And so I often was told – one of the three things that you need to do to be able to effectively, quote unquote, make money doing this. And one of them was to go get a degree so people would listen to you because you would have a degree now. Right? Every time I tried to do that, I'm, I'm happy to go to school. I'm a good student. That's fine. Happy to go to school. Right? Every time I tried to do that, my life would blow up. And so it was definitely my initiatory helping spirit saying, that's not the path, Missy. Get your ass back over here and do what you know we're working with you to do. So the important thing is in that 
is that the helping spirit that initiates you is there, that you gain protection through that relationship as long as you're doing the work that you've been set out to do. And in doing that work, you find yourself a better version of yourself. You find yourself becoming healthier than you were. You find yourself in it, your true self. And that you begin to shed these old versions of who you thought you were. So in other words, if it's an initiation, things come together. Yes, your old life falls apart as you course correct and move on. But as you move on, the things come together. They do not continue to fall apart. You do not continue to be lost. You don't continue to not know what's going on. And you don't continue to not have a working relationship with spirit. And that is the most important thing to understand about an actual initiation is it forges the quality of relationship that then initiates your ability to do shamanic work and you don't need shamanic initiation to be a shamanic practitioner to live shamanically to believe see the world through a shamanic lens to work with your helping spirits and have a robust and vital and healthy shamanic life you don't need initiation you only need initiation into shamanism if you're going to be a practitioner of the healing forms and a teacher if you're just going to live your life in a good way with shamanism as your spiritual practice it'll come when it comes don't worry about it okay so, what I'd like to do in today's show, show here is to share some questions from a listener. And it's a little bit of a compilation of many listeners because I get this kind of email all the time, as do other teachers and practitioners. So, it's not just me, but, you know, radio show, so I get a lot. And the email is very similar and it's really talking about what the hell happened after spirit came into my life? What does it mean? Am I initiated? Am I supposed to be a shamanic practitioner? How do I work with my helping spirits? All of that kind of question, which if you'd been initiated, you wouldn't be asking. That's a really important thing to understand. But there is a lot of people in this boat. This spirit came into my life. It was wonderful. And now my life is a big fucking mess. What happened? What do I do? Okay, so so this is kind of a compilation of those kind of emails, and I'm going to do my best to kind of respond to those questions. Um, now, by the way, if you send me these kinds of emails, they're really long, I will not respond. Why? Because each person's experience is spontaneous and individual and unique, and for me to respond responsibly to your email. I know you wrapped it into an email, but for me to respond responsibly, I need to speak to you. I can't do it via email, which is fraught with misunderstanding and misrepresentation and misreading and etc. And so do not send me, well, you can send me the email, but also contact Andrea through lastmasscenter.org and schedule a phone session. I'm happy to talk with you about it on the phone. Your email can be a basis of that conversation and help me understand the context that you're coming from. But I'm not going to respond to the email because it's irresponsible. But I'm happy to talk with you on the phone. Okay? And definitely do not message me via Facebook about your shamanic initiation. It's Facebook, people. You know, a true shamanic initiation is perhaps the most vulnerable, the most powerful, and the most intimate experience of your entire life. And you're posting it on Facebook? 
are messaging me on Facebook, for goodness sakes, show some respect <laughs> to yourself. Okay. So anyway, so what I want to say before I start answering these questions, because I'm going to answer very directly and honestly, but what I want to say is I do understand very personally the honest confusion that people are in as contemporary people being pulled into this dynamic without tradition, without culture, without cosmology, without not only with no understanding, but a whole bunch of misinformation. So I, I, am, I am sharing honestly and directly the best of my ability, but I'm doing so from a place of complete understanding and compassion. We come by this confusion honestly. All right. There is no blame or judgment here. This is simply the big messy boat we're all in together. And I just want to use this particular um, set of questions, but th- uh, again, they've been kind of adjusted by other people's questions, just as, as an example to try to break down what is a very common confusion about working with spirit. Okay, so whether you understand things shamanically, what you need to understand is that your helping spirits are engaging with you through that understanding of the world. So let's say that you are um, a right-wing uh, investment banker who is a closeted homosexual with a wife and 17 kids. Okay. Your helping spirits don't care about any of those beliefs. They get that you have them and they'll answer your questions about them, but they are still engaging with you as shamanic helping spirits. They're not engaging with you as right-wing, closeted, um, whatever. You get my point. Our helping spirits are always shamanic. And so we need to get on board. The more we get on board with them, the better we will understand them. Um. With that said, as you engage with your helping spirits, it will change you mentally, meaning um, both helping you to clear old beliefs that are no longer useful, but also pushing you to educate yourself and to open your mind to seeing things differently and in, a, in, a, in another way. Similarly, emotionally, that as you work with your helping spirits, they are trying constantly to clear your heart. And our hearts are a big emotional mess, in at least in America. And so they're going to be hel- helping you to figure out, you need to figure out how to clear your old emotional patterns while at the same time learning from the helping spirits what it means to have a healthy emotional life. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. That's not a healthy emotional life. We're not supposed to be chilled out and zenned out all the time. We are supposed to be able to engage and respond emotionally all the time in a healthy way and then the other thing you're helping spirits are going to really stumble over is your own energetic health and well-being and so that's important but there's a gajillion shows about that okay so another thing that gets confused with shamanic initiation is the profound joy and excitement and um, vivid experience of reality that happens when we actually wake up to what is really going on here and we actually wake up out of the five senses ordinary reality box and recognize there's a whole lot of life outside of that box happening all the time with us and that experience of waking up out of that 
um, sort of stunted human experience is completely transformative. That waking up to the fact that you have a helping spirit, your helping spirit has useful information for you, your helping spirit can help other people, and it's just all the doors and windows are flying open. That is great, and it is a profoundly transformative experience, and waking up is not initiation. It's waking up. It's you getting out of a hole and standing on solid ground. So no, that is not initiation because basically the sequence in the, is this, which we can draw from traditional peoples. There's waking up. There's initiation in your teenage years from childhood to adulthood. And then there's initiation into your practice, into your work in the world. And that's where the shamanic initiation would fall. So no, waking up as transformative and awe-inspiring and fabulous as that is for all of us who do it, not initiation, just waking up. And your job is to stay awake. Okay, so onward. All right, so I'm going to read a little piece from an email, and then I'm just going to kind of reflect on it. And these are, these are really, really typical kinds of things that I hear from people. Okay, so listener says about their ex- waking up experience and, or whatever experience, right? The whole point is they don't understand what it is. Okay, so she says, as things were unfolding, the hard part was for me that it felt like there were a lot of things going on externally in this reality, and there was all this other stuff, almost supernatural, spiritual stuff, and some of um, occurring at the same time. And to me, they were intertwined. So I don't know if one was causing the other. Now, this, this is an important thing that many, many people experience is in the beginning, while you are sorting things out, waking up out of the old way that you've been and 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 coming to understand how to work with spirit, it is extremely messy and confusing. And there's there's meaningful stuff happening in ordinary reality that is connected to the meaningful stuff that's happening in the invisible world, in your dream life, strange encounters, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's messy and it all kind of gets mushed together. If you need to sort it out, you will reach back at the time that you're ready to sort it out. Fixating on this mess is a waste of your time. It, it, it is the nature of the waking up experience that everything, the non-ordinary reality and the ordinary reality stuff get kind of jumbled together. Um, focus on, what is important is to focus on the relationship that is forging with your helping spirit. Okay, in all of that. And so, next thing listener says my question about the ordinary reality stuff at the time was why why is this is the ordinary reality stuff that's happening why why me um what had i done okay so here's the problem with this we come by this honestly this whole what have i done thing but what that means these whole why why me what have i done is it's all coming out of the perspective that you are actually not the one creating your reality. It's coming out of a a knee-jerk, very contemporary American blame. I'm being blamed. I'm being judged. I'm being punished. So you have a little Judeo-Christian thing thrown in there, right? I'm being punished. What have I done? Um, All of that thinking is profoundly contemporary and non-shamanic. 
you haven't done anything, right? There, there may not be a why. Um, and why me is actually answered down the row here. But the why you is because you need help. You're struggling in life. You're thrashing around. Your helping spirits are finally breaking through whatever barriers you had set up to connect with you. And the more you thrash around about it and ask why me and what have I done and carry on, the harder it is for your helping spirit to get you by the scruff of the neck and sort the relationship out with you. Because there is blame, judgment, all of these ideas not not, um, not really part of the shamanic worldview. When you step up to the perspective that I am the one creating my reality, I am the agent of change, I am the one who is empowered to do this, then, it, then there isn't anybody else to blame. And you're not supposed to blame yourself either. You're supposed to recognize, okay, I created this. What am I creating? Why am I creating it? What's going on? You know, who's on first? You know, and, and to engage with it but not ask why me, right? doesn't matter. It's you because this is your spirit help and they finally got through. I mean, I was old. You know, I was at the very end of my 20s before spirit was able to finally, actually into my 30s, early 30s before spirit was able to finally break down all those walls of my contemporary thinking. And I've been hammering away at them from the other side myself. Right, and so it finally falls down, and it's a bit of a mess in the beginning, you know. So move on. Don't don't get attached to it. Okay. So the next thing the reader uh, listener says is, in my mind, now I even question if it was real or manufactured in some way. But all I can say is that the other reality felt more real than what we call reality. Some of this also felt like something right out of science fiction. Okay. Yes. What's important is you do not let your mind's desire to eject complexity. Don't let your mind's desire to eject all complexity convince you whatever happened didn't happen. This whole thing about um, beginning to question whether it was real or manufactured, that will drive you crazy in a bad way, literally crazy in a bad way it's not the point it's the wrong question the point is to to stick with your experience that this other reality as invisible as it may be feels more real than the physical world reality that we are experiencing and so you need to go read some nice books by nice scientist people that translate those books into everyday language for you and I so that you can come to understand what's happening in the simplest way to put it what's happening is that you are waking up to the fact that what you perceive of as physical reality is an illusion it's just energy you're just energy just energy patterns and you're coming to realize the fallacy of the the reality of that you're starting to sense that illusion so it becomes less real while at the same time you're able to tune in to the deeper reality behind this illusion there are actual energies principles and flows of energy upon which things are running there are um, principles of energy and so you're sensing into those and in doing that sensing that deeper reality underneath the illusion of life that we are living in 
And that's normal. Just know that that sort of confusion around what's real is part of the point for you to recognize it's all real. It's just all real differently. And it's to open you up to the expanded reality that is both ordinary and non-ordinary. Okay, and now we move along. This is an important piece to this kind of awakening where the listener says, it did make me feel special in some way, like there was something important I was supposed to do, and I thought it was leading me to my life's purpose. Yes, you are special, every single one of you. And part of this waking up is waking up to that recognition that you are special. You have a unique genius. There is something important that you are supposed to do that is absolutely accurate. Now, if you've been raised in a traditional shamanic culture, you had been raised from the time of speaking to know that in many cultures you would have been sung into your true name that carried your purpose in it as you were born your whole village would be singing that name so you would be born into your purpose so this understanding that yes you are special yes you have a unique genius yes you have something special that you're supposed to do here should not be news but for most of us the problem is it is news And it's a big deal. And because we have immature ego development, most of us don't know what to do with that. We don't understand that all that's happening is we're fitting ourselves into the real reality. Yes, you are special. Yes, you have a unique genius. Yes, there's a very important thing for you to do in this life. And by the way, this is the only life you can do it in. It's not karma. So get with the program. Right? (laughs) Okay. So... The important thing is this next part of this phrase because it's so common. I thought it was leading me to my life's purpose. I thought it was leading me to my life's purpose. Now we come by this honestly because Christ was supposed to come and save us. right? We're waiting for the chosen one to come and save us, to lead us to the Holy Grail. Right, And the problem with that programming in the story, waiting for the chosen one, how many action-adventure stories are about the chosen one? Right, It's training us to wait for something else to lead us to our soul's purpose. But the metaphor, the real story here is that you are the only one who can lead you to your purpose because you carry the passion for that purpose in your belly. The helping spirits are just here to help you do it. They are not here to guide you. Your passion in your body for your purpose is your truest guide towards that purpose. Did I ever have a clear idea that I was supposed to be a shamanic healer? No. What I had was a profound flare of passion like no other when I first encountered the article about soul retrieval work. So my point is, it's the flares of passion within us that we feel deep in our belly, not in our head, because we can get excited about anything in our head, not even in our heart, in our belly, that move us, literally, move our butt around, that kind of passion That guides you to your purpose, not your helping spirits. It's not their job. It's your job. That's why you're here, and it's why you're incarnate. So, 
that will help you get over that confusion while this kind of thing is happening. And, listener says, I felt connected for the first time in my life, like I was part of something great that I would understand eventually, which is absolutely true. You are part of something great, and you can understand it eventually if you continue to work with your helping spirits and expand your mind. Your mind is a tool. Sharpen it. Read things. Ask questions. Ask questions of your helping spirits. Um, Expand your mind's understanding. They can't just... Um, give you pros. They, they, they are responsible to operating through questions. So the only way you're going to come up with better questions is if you go read things and from other people that have other ideas that help you understand what might really be going on here. And I don't mean read, you know, Betty Joe's experience with the proven shamans, Billy Bob's experience with the Wuchol shamans. I mean, stop reading these books about everybody else's experience with the shamans. After you've read so many of those, all you're doing is wish fulfillment. You're just wanting to have that life and creating another story to judge yourself relative to. Every single one of us is here for a unique reason, and we will get there by connecting with our passion, not somebody else's passion, our passion, and our helping spirits. So when I say read a book, read a book about how the universe really works. Read a book about how spirit really engages with our mind. Read, read something that opens your mind to what's really going on here, and then ask questions about it. Okay. So, listener continues, I think that even though I had spiritual stuff going on, I could have reached out to spirit more and was too focused on the outcome. And I think this is very important. We come by it honestly as we, as we find ourselves suddenly thrust into these situations, um, is that we don't recognize the role of spirit in the initiation, in this experience, and that we don't work with spirit. To figure it out versus trying to get at am I the shaman am I this am I that what's the, you know where is this going what is the outcome we need to be in the process um, listener continues so you see when it was all happened I had no cosmology really to help me interpret what was going on and that is such a critical understanding that she has now and so one of the things that I had when my initiation happened is I actually had studied different cultures, cosmologies, just as something that was interesting to me in high school and um, explored. I was raised uh, as a young child in the Unitarian Church. I explored other people's cosmologies. I had an expanded understanding of cosmology. And so that helped me when my initiation happened to recognize that I was now thrust into a cosmology I did not yet understand, but I trusted there was one. And so all I can say going forward for those of you that might have this kind of experience or have just had one, there is a cosmology that this just happened within. You just may not know what it is yet. So part of it is is to do some exploration, do some work to understand what it is. Okay, moving on. Listener says, I've heard you say in another podcast that you should be wary of spirits you don't call in. That that is how, um, but that is how this powerful spirit came in spontaneously. And that is also true in my life. That in my initiatory experience, it was spontaneous and I had not called the spirit in. I am saying as a general practice, 
Don't just work with spirits willy-nilly. Create a working relationship, meaning you know exactly who you're working with and it's the same spirit or spirits repeatedly in your relationship. But when we're talking about a spontaneous event like this, it's a spontaneous event. So by definition, some spirit is coming in and you don't exactly know who it is. So that's a given. So anyway, the listener continues, it was during this really trying time in my life and it just showed up and stayed. I have unanswered questions about that as well. Was it a positive thing or not? I think in the end it was, but I'm not sure. Okay, so here you see the contemporary mind trying so hard to eject the complexity of this dynamic while at the exact same time she knows exactly what is right and true exactly which is this powerful spirit came in because she was at a very hard time in life and she needed help and she was so vulnerable in her need for help that the spirit was finally able to get through and connect with her but if you think of something with pressure built up and then then there's um, finally an opening, the energy moves, you know, very quickly. And so often in these experiences, we don't realize that we're creating this incredible pressure or vacuum, depending on how you look at it. But anyway, my point is the spirit then comes in way harder than it needs to because we've been holding it at bay and finally comes slamming into our life and it feels very intense and powerful when the spirit doesn't really want to come on that strong but that's just the context that you created by not being in relationship with it and so it's breaking through that last barrier to help you because you're desperately asking for help and it's not about in that case the way you know is it a good spirit or bad spirit is largely because of what got created through your work with that spirit and as she says here i think in the end it was it was positive well stick with your gut instinct in the end it was positive now what now how do you continue okay so the weird thing she says um was i connected um, it was someone in this reality, and I'm not sure that it was connected. Okay, this is really common error that we make. So big spirit, big intense spirit comes in to our life. And so now that's our internal life that's happening. And so our external life starts responding to that. And because our brain cannot deal with the complexity of having this spirit help, we connect the spirit energy and what's going on with the spirit to a living person. Now, this leads to extreme problems down the line. What is important for us is we just let spirits be spirits. Deal with the complexity. Live with it. Let it be uncomfortable. Be in mental discomfort. It's fine. You don't need an answer and you definitely don't need to go projecting the power and the impulse and the energy of the helping spirit onto a person because that creates very confusing dynamics between not only you and the person, but you and the person and their helping spirits. And it can create doorways in that you don't want to create and can't figure out how to close. So that's really a messy thing. And it's it, very common that it happens. And it's something that you want to backpedal out of if you've done it as fast as possible. 
The listener says, and what I started to learn um, about journeying and shamanism, and I met some spirit guides, including my power animals, I believe. So as I, as I read this, listen to the incredible uncertainty, which, again, we come by honestly, but at some point in time, you have to choose. What are you going to believe or not? So you got a raven helping spirit in your shamanic journeying class. Great. Work with raven. And keep working with Raven until Raven either says, by the way, I'm not really a Raven, I'm really this, and shapeshifts for you. Or something changes through your practice versus sitting back and doubting, well, I don't know if it's a Raven, maybe it was just a blackbird, I don't know, I don't know what it is. And so you're not doing anything. You're not engaging with the spirit. The details will sort themselves out if you're actively engaged in forging the working relationship. If you're just sitting back in your uncertainty not healthy, not helping, okay? So, um, when I started to learn about journeying and shamanism, I met some spirit guides, including my power animal, I believe, and this powerful spirit who had just shown up several months before um, just sort of morphed into that landscape as well as became one of them. I really would like to understand the spirit better, what it was, but maybe it was only meant to be in my life for a certain time and then go. I don't know. So again, you see the mind messing up her core instinct, which is once she finally learned a journey, making the whole communication with spirit simpler and opening up to entire landscape of spirit help, this spirit that came in so strong and hard in the beginning can finally relax take its place in the landscape, and as she says here, became one of them. They're all shapeshifters. It's the nature of these spirits. They're not in incarnate bodies like you and I. So the intensity of the original encounter is because of the situation. It's situational. Spirit comes in. You finally go, oh, wow, I can you learned a journey. Now your relationship can be easy and common and simple. Helping spirit goes, phew, I can relax. I don't have to be so intense now. Becomes part of the landscape, takes its place within that whole landscape, and in that, beginning to take its place within the cosmology. The landscape is within the cosmology, but it's beginning to fit in. So instead of doubting all of that, recognize all of that is about things shifting into right relationship and the the urgency allowing the energies to dial down and not have to be on 15 all the time so she continues you mentioned having a healthy working relationship with spirit is something that could be an intention yes i would like that do you think that that uh, would be able to give me some clarity into all of this? I would love to learn how to work with spirit in a practical, everyday way if spirit is willing to work with me. Okay. Why would someone who has learned how to journey even say that? This is, this is the place where I get frustrated with these emails from people. You have learned how to journey. How do you think I learned anything that I am saying here on Why Shamanism Now, now for the ninth year, because I journeyed, because I talked to my helping spirits and I learned things from them, because I worked with clients and I learned things from doing that, because ultimately teachings came through my helping spirits. I taught other people. I learned things from that. 
everything on why shamanism now I learned through working with spirit journeying that's what a working relationship with spirit is there isn't anything else it's not more complicated than that you just need to be able to get past your doubt past your need for things to not be complex um, past your deep uh, refusal to trust the invisible and just go for it this 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 paragraph right here after someone's learned to journey that paragraph is how people create suffering in their own life spirits already come through spirits already shown up big time for you you've been pushed to learn how to journey you have all that you need to cultivate a healthy working relationship with spirit right now and yet you doubt and don't do it that creates the suffering so moving right along So, the next part of the question goes into how I felt so vital and passionate and clear when I was connecting with spirit, and yet now that I'm in my everyday life and my everyday job, I feel so wounded. I just want to go forward and have that good feeling again. Okay, bottom line, people, do your healing. Yes, part of you is wounded and part of you is passionate and clear. You need to do the healing work necessary to bring those aspects of yourself into wholeness with each other. And the means by which you do that is not only working with your helping spirits, but to get your soul retrieval. Stop waiting around. And that is the most important thing. If you are unable to stay connected with that passionate and clear part of yourself, get your soul retrieval, integrate your soul parts so that you can keep coming to your relationship with spirit, your helping spirits, as a person who is more whole and more aligned and more able to listen to that um, deep, passionate part of yourself that can direct you towards your soul's purpose. So I would like to give profound gratitude to the ancestors for gathering around us here today for the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. I want to thank all of you that send me emails like this so that we can have a show where we talk about how do we manage the messiness of our shamanic practices here in our contemporary life. Um, I just want to thank all of you for listening, for engaging and doing your best to find a way to work in a good way with spirit for all living things. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.